0: Rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for his Majesty the King.
1: It's that time again. Time for Royally Obsessed. I'm so happy to be back with you, Rachel. It's so good to see your face. We're also twinning as we do. Virtually oh, twinning. Always virtually threatened stripes, stri- stripes, yeah. Welcome back. What am I supposed to say? Oh, uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram at Roy Leaves us Podcast. Email us. These, these are important reminders. Email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. So sorry, I forgot. I'm
0: Roberta. I'm Rachel. Why did I say that so weird? Wow, we're really on a roll already.
1: <laughs> we're, we've we got the sillies. Going into a long weekend, I think that's appropriate. Um, yes. There is a lot to talk about. I also just saw, and I know we're not talking about this, so I'm mentioning it here, Charles and Camilla in Northern Ireland for a two-day tour. So there you go. News always breaking. What do we have today, though?
0: Well, we are talking about quite a bit, as you said. We've got an email about Earthshot, the Chelsea Flower Show. Kate and William have been nonstop out and about. We're going to get into that. The bizarreness around Harry and Meghan's post-Women of Vision night out in particular, the coverage of it. Obviously, that broke during our recording last week. We can finally talk about it in depth today, this week. We've got a Pippa wedding throwback and an ode to party pieces, so much more. I'm really giving you the grand scope of what's ahead.
1: There's a lot, but we always leave time for a royal refreshment. And now it's time
0: for the Weekly Royal Cocktail.
1: This week, I'm obviously thinking about Memorial Day weekend and heading to the beach, the unofficial start of summer. What is your summer drink of choice, Rachel?
0: Oh my gosh, what
1: a great question. I know we talked about the pink April Spritz. That was a big one.
0: I mean, I just, I always love kind of like a French 75 or a French 75 variation. Mm. That's always my thing.
1: They had that at the wedding I was at this weekend, actually. That oh. was one, the um, the bride's drink of choice, and it was so, so lovely. So good.
0: Wait, but today I'm sipping this. Um, I borrowed it from Matt because remember, this was my gift to Matt oh that God. I bought at the Royal Muse gift shop, the uh, Royal Windsor gin with raspberries from the Windsor Castle estate. We talked about it during the pandemic on the episode um, when it came out, but obviously I don't think they ship here it was the obstacle back then. I don't know if that's changed, but it's really good, Roberta. Do you remember
1: the woman in the gift shop saying that she had such a hard time finding it and was like yeah. so thrilled to see it in that gift shop? Like it was in line behind us and
0: influenced me to buy it and i gave it it delicious it's really good but matt was like is this king charles merch for my for our wedding anniversary that's why i gave it to him as a gift (laughs) it's kind of funny but he liked it he's he's enjoying it so it's the bottle it's like the
1: gin is bright red so it's kind of really interesting and it has like a floral label it's so pretty actually you got to keep that bottle after yeah like a flower in it or something Well, how was your weekend? We should catch up before we get into everything.
0: It was lovely. It was really good. I mean, I feel like it's just been so busy with end of year things with the summer coming and school ending and all of that stuff. I was going to say that speaking of things I bought in London, I... Finally, I'm I'm spacing it out, but I read At Bedtime for Finn, the Winnie the Pooh Meets the King book, Aww. and he was mesmerized, mainly because he's really, really interested in the Mouse King from The Nutcracker. It's a weird tangent that we don't need to go down, but he's very interested in kings in general. So it was just really fun. He It was such a sweet story and a really creative one, so if anyone doesn't have that book, you should get it. It's so you're really like sweet. kind of
1: holding all the books and then like giving it to him one by one. Well, I'm just like I bought. She a bought fair so many books. Things. Yeah, <laughs> dear so it's listeners, just like, she bought so many books.
0: <laughs> I just feel like if I give it all at once, it doesn't have the same impact, and he he just is like next, next. So I try yeah. to like space it out. Smart. Yeah. So How smart. was your weekend? You had the most beautiful looking wedding, but your dress. I told you I wanted this to be a news item in today's episode.
1: This was the first wedding that was actually local for us, so that was really kind of amazing to be able to just, like, hop in a car and get there. Um, And we hosted people all weekend, which was fun, and it was a rental. It was
0: Shoshana from Rent the Runway. I love Shoshana. You looked so stunning. Thank you. Thank you. Should we move on to the listener email, Roberta? Let's do it. Okay. We got this great note from Maddie on the heels of the Earthshot news that it will be taking place in Singapore this year. We talked about that last week on the podcast. She mentioned she's a longtime listener of Royally Obsessed, and it's one of the highlights of her week, which is so kind. Thank you. So Maddie writes that the Singapore announcement got her thinking about Earthshot in Boston last year, which Maddie actually flew in to attend. She flew all the way from Michigan. And her number one goal was just to catch a glimpse of Kate. But it went beyond that. She ended up getting a handshake from the Princess of Wales during Kate's visit to the Early Childhood Center at Harvard. Maddie's strategy ended up that she waited three hours in total, so she played the long game. She made friends with the police officers on where to stand, but that they also were the ones that told her that Kate would not be doing a walkabout. So that was kind of interesting. Mm. Still, Maddie got the best ever surprise when Kate did do a walkabout. They were the last hands that Kate shook before moving to the other side. And I loved this expression Maddie shares. I was shaking like a leaf out of excitement. That's such a cute way to put it. Um, Maddie did send us a whole bunch of pictures, which were wonderful to go through. And she also asked us the million-dollar question, Singapore, are we going, Roberta?
1: Um, Yes. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> I guess we don't have tickets yet, but I would Somebody love needs to, to go. sponsor
0: us to go as well. Maddie but it is would be- a testament
1: to waiting three hours in the cold in Boston. That yeah, because it was off. a
0: really freezing, freezing time. I thought this was interesting too, because we got more about Earthshot from William this week on social media. His visit to NotPla in London, which is the sustainable packaging startup that won the Earthshot. Prize last year. It's a plant and seaweed based alternative to single use plastic and designed to reduce landfill and ocean waste. I think it's great. We're going to talk about this more how much we are getting more of the social media stuff from William and Kate. But I liked in this particular video getting to see more of the impact that these grants from Earthshot are making, how, according to NotPled, enabled them to scale, open doors to accelerate all their efforts with business leaders and things like that. And I think just looking at what the true impact of Earthshot really is for me is the spotlight because there, climate change is terrifying for me. The more I read about it, as in preparation for this and just in general, it's like we need to do some a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more to really stop the you know the planet from warming, but i do like how william is spotlighting this so much yeah
1: he's doing a lot of hand-holding with the winners which is really nice yeah all right this week in royal history are we ready yeah let's do it and now this week in royal history pippa middleton wedding Flashing back to six years ago, it was last Saturday, was their anniversary, May 20th. I was also at a wedding at that point. But Pippa Middleton married James Matthews. Now, reminder, he was 41. She was 33. He's a hedge fund manager, and he's a former professional race car driver, just like his dad. I get big Henry Talbot from Downton Vibes for sure. Um Interestingly, I didn't know this, but his dad, James Matthews' dad, is the Laird of Glenafric, which is a 10,000-acre estate in Scotland, which he will inherit one day, making Pippa the Lady of Glenafric one day, which is kind of a royal title. So that's yeah. exciting. She kind of joins her sister with a royal title there. So flashback to her star turn holding her sister Kate's dress. In 2011, we know that Sarah Burton for Alexander McQueen dress with the buns down the back, the cow neck, she... Kind of stole the show. Her derriere, as the press like to call it, launched Pippa mania. She just burst onto the spotlight. And so ever since then, six years later, her wedding was the talk of the town. Her own dress for her wedding, Pippa wore Giles Deacon. It was all over lace, that gorgeous, gorgeous cap sleeve. Her sister Kate wore a blush Alexander McQueen dress with bishop sleeves and was wrangling those kids most of the day. I'm sure you remember, Rachel, those shots of her with George and
0: Charlotte. I mean, I personally think that those are the shots to remember. Prince George was only three, and Charlotte was two at this occasion. Also, the reports that George supposedly had a tantrum during the proceedings, and Kate told him off, which was like, obviously— speculation of what actually happened based on images, but I love those pics. I do too. And that it was just such a
1: beautiful location. It was St. Mark's, which is a 12th century church just six miles from Buckleberry. Of course, that's the little village where they all grew up, where the Middletons obviously have their family home. The evening adults-only reception was at that family home, and guests were actually asked to bring an outfit change for the reception. Have you ever gone to a wedding where they asked you to
0: (laughs) No, that's an intense request, actually. I kind of
1: wish that they had. I mean, I
0: love dressing for weddings, so it's a fun fun My friend had
1: three outfit changes this weekend, so I am all – I. But for her, not for the guests, For her, but I, I, as a guest, also wanted to kind of change into sequins and, like, you know, dance the night away with her. So I feel like that's really fun. Um a reminder that Meghan Markle didn't attend the ceremony, but she did attend the reception. That was a finding freedom revelation. I think the policy was no ring, no bring. Harry um, even talked about that in spare as well. There was this mention of Pippa Middleton's wedding in spare that Harry and Meghan had switched the place cards at the reception so that they could be sat closer together. But Harry said that wasn't true. So I guess flash forward to today, they have three kids, Pippa and James. They're Arthur, which, who's four, Grace, who's two, Rose, who's one this June. They've bought Buckleberry Farm Park. They bought that in 2020, and there's glamping, there's a cafe, there's a petting farm. They also are launching this online shop, which was live for a couple weeks um, in the beginning of this month. And then actually I think maybe they sold out of everything, which is really interesting, but it has um, very Martha Stewart curated Gorgeous home goods vibes, like it's like porcelain vase and things like that. So we'll see if that relaunches. I know the website link wasn't working for me, so maybe I just am missing something, but.
0: Oh, like yeah. overload or something. I was going to say two things just looking back at this. I feel like the pictures of Kate, you know, we talk about the cousin, the safety of cousins. Kate just looks so at ease in the photos and so smiley. And I think it's got to be that feeling, the joy of a sibling wedding. It, mm. it. I think that that's probably, it was probably really special for her. It made me realize how much I want those pictures from James's wedding to Alizé. Um, you know, which I don't think we'll ever see. But I th- I was thinking about just that, you know, she, she looked to be having so much fun with George and Charlotte despite George's tantrum. Yeah. Also, I looked back at what The Sun did publish the week or the day of Pippa's wedding. Did you see someone to send the image? Did you see this? I mean, horrible. And I think this was definitely a glimpse and foreshadowing of what Harry and Meghan oh, were dealing with. Oh, my gosh. With.
1: I did see this that all about her butt in pictures. The headline
0: on The Sun was, it's Meghan versus Pippa in the wedding of the rears. And this was six months before Harry and Meghan were even engaged. And I think that this was said, according to Finding Freedom, to be an influence in, in Meghan kind of skipping the actual ceremony. The actual ceremony. So yeah. it's just, I don't know, the hideousness of all of this. I know
1: Pippa mania turned kind of dark at the end toward her wedding day. Like, people were uh, – other – outlets and sites were publishing some really mean pieces about her and photos of her it was awful awful stuff so you know that was probably it was just like such a joyful day and to have that kind of in the background was not pleasant but the british media never ceases to or tabloid media i should say never ceases to surprise so Let's
0: talk about Kate and William on Overdrive. Yes. Okay. So I'm just going to go through this quickly. Appearances by Kate and William since we last talked, Roberta. Kate first popped up at the Anna Freud Center. This is obviously Mental Health Awareness Week. Their focus was on anxiety. We got a Kate talking to camera video. She was promoting very directly an anxiety toolkit, which is fantastic. I thought that video was great. She's wearing her Susanna London dupe, but in green You know, she had that in white when she went to Grenfell Towers. Second, we had William Rowing with the Royal Navy. Again, Mental Health Awareness Week. We received a highly produced video with an in-depth conversation. I went to YouTube, watched it in full. It's like about six or seven minutes. Really, really interesting. Well done. Next up, we had Kate, the Queen Beekeeper. That's what I'm calling her. Reminder about bees being part of the vital part of the ecosystem. This was all in honor of World Bee Day. We get a gorgeous Matt Porteous shot. That's kind of he's kind of become their go-to for these really kind of influencer-like photos. I love this shot of her, the beekeeper suit. Everything is great. And then finally, I'm sure there's more breaking right now. As you said, Kate surprise appearance at the Chelsea Flower Show picnic. This was to highlight the campaign for school gardening. She sat with students from ten different schools. We received a slideshow on Instagram. There were two different reels, multiple great photos, kid interviews, very produced. She was, again, one of my favorite dresses, the Me and M pink one that she wore when she met Mila from her Hold Still campaign. That was a nice kind of tying everything together. My reason for rattling these off kind of quickly is that I feel like we've just had this whale's Wales's blitz of social media. And I'm kind of like, are they throwing out the royal rulebook here, Roberta, where they don't give any Fs about overlap anymore because even Kate, specifically Kate's appearance at the Chelsea Flower Show kind of, stole charles and camilla's thunder and i kind of
1: loved it i just saw that headline that was like the king is furious that King no. stole his thunder at the chelsea no. flower show
0: i didn't see the headline Ugh. i
1: mean they are going full full throttle like matt porteous is on retainer it seems will war is on retainer for them like these people are like really putting in the hours the question i have is how how does this work with charles we know he hates when people steal his thunder
0: Yeah, I know. I mean, I think that's what I'm wondering is like, have we just reached a stage where are we, or are we back to the households not talking to each other? They just definitely have been way more out and about than the king and queen. And maybe it's also a response to all the negative headlines they received leading up to the coronation that they're they're MIA, they're not working. Maybe they're just like, look, that's not the case here. And we're deciding that we're just gonna go our own way. Because if we're getting that press, it's not fair. Does it not matter anymore since- we know
1: the next king will be William. Like, does it not matter that they are stealing the thunder because Charles is already king? And so I think what the, like – and this may be just totally conspiracy theory, but I feel like the, like, prevailing concern was that something could happen where Charles, like, the public opinion rises against him and he actually doesn't get crowned. And now that he's crowned, there's <laughs> nothing to worry about. It's so, like, let William have – and Kate have all the attention – who cares? You're the king and queen. Like you can kind of sit back and relax. Like for me, we always go back to like the age of retirement for them. Like, are they just are like? Can they finally be comfortable? Can they finally put their feet up? I don't know. Maybe they yeah. They've like got that the Kate job. They're taking over the reins.
0: Exactly. I mean, I love seeing Charles and Camilla, but the star power really is Kate and William. And I keep thinking about what happened when we watched the coronation in Green Park and how the crowd just swelled when Kate and William walked out. I actually have a video of us. I must have been filming the screen when that happened. And you just hear the eruption of everyone celebrating them. So I kind of like this. I like hearing from Mm -hmm. them. And I also really liked Kate's talk to camera thing. It felt really direct. And there was a link to this anxiety toolkit. I knew what to do. I thought that was great. So Mm -hmm. all in all we're going to hear from them more. I hope this is the norm and not just for mental health awareness week.
1: Yeah. I know, and that always rubs me the wrong way to mental health awareness when like you're
0: estranged from your brother and sister-in-law. Like yes. I just I have so many questions about that still. Well, and- I was going to tack on that that when I did watch the in particular the rowing video, there was a moment where one of the people that William is chatting with says talks about his own journey with mental health and and he was a submariner is really, really compelling stuff. But he also says it's okay to not be okay. And I know that's not the direct quote of what Megan said when that whole interview with Tom Bradby, but I think it made me think of that. And obviously then I my mind goes to yeah. that contrast where they're not walking the walk with their own family
1: like they're staying busy and posting so much in order to not pay attention to what's really happening within and the that's family. not
0: to say i just want to add this caveat it's not to say that i don't think that they care about mental health because i do think they do but i just it's yeah. that disconnect for me it's a disconnect for sure
1: Let's chat about this car chase because I know a lot has been said and I actually feel like with space that we've had in this last week, we've been able to kind of hear a lot more reporting on it. I think we're
0: thankful for the space side note. It
1: it was so nice to kind of take a step back because I think the knee-jerk reaction is always not the best reaction. And... Of course that doesn't we don't mean to say that we think that they their statement was not correct. I 100% want to talk about this with you Rachel though because I think that what's interesting is that when you have that kind of time for the media to sink in and do its actual investigations then it does feel like we just know so much more information. So the statement from the Sussexes this was a relentless pursuit by a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi that resulted in a near catastrophic car chase. So I want to give a little context to this. We found out later that they actually had a stalker arrested on their property in Montecito on Monday, so before coming over to New York, or maybe they left Monday, but uh, some a person, a man was arrested on Monday for stalking at their Montecito house. They also had a court case hearing on Tuesday in London where their lawyer um, presented the court with um, the argument about Harry's security and paying for it privately. We now know that the court rejected that appeal and that he will not be allowed to pay for private security from Ravik. So I wanted to kind of go through the timeline with you because I know, Rachel, you talked about this on Times Radio UK. You were questioned about the um the whole thing. And I wanted to hear your take, but I wanted to go through some of the bigger points. So 10 p.m., they leave Women of Vision. This is like true crime Take us like, like through, I'm ready.
0: Like, <laughs> we need to talk. this. But this is where this we scrunchies. got the additional information that really has trickled out over the past week.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I kind of missed a lot of this. So maybe, hopefully, I'm not repeating myself too much for our listeners. But so 10 p.m., they leave Women a Vision. They're assisted by the NYPD. They're paparazzi on cars and bikes. The reports are that there are three cars that are Harry and Meghan. So they're in one and then they're and doria of course and then two cars with security in them and then three with paparazzi and then six paparazzi on bikes so there's like a total of 12 moving vehicles in this entourage at 10 30 they are going up and down fdr which is on the east side trying to lose a paparazzi that's a highway for anyone that doesn't know in new york city it runs along the east side just like the west side highway runs along the west and it's massive it's huge And so they were going up and down there trying to lose them. They were trying to lose them, we found out, because they were staying at a private residence that they didn't want the paparazzi to find the location of. Rachel, my theory was that maybe they had the kids with them. They didn't want the paparazzi to know where the kids were also staying. That would be – because Doria's with them. Usually Doria's at home when they go on these trips. Well, and then if they found the
0: location, they would be camping out there. Yeah. Yeah. I just – I mean, I am not at all discounting their experience because I feel like a lot played out. It was a snowball situation where high speed was something that the Sussexes also never said. That was introduced by the media – No one said that, so I think that the idea people got this image in their head that there was this chase around Manhattan, and then people started thinking about the logistics of that and how that would play out with the great setup. Yeah, yeah, that I think was just you know that wasn't part of it. I think also you know the UK media was particularly fascinated by the FDR, and I agree that the FDR even at slow speeds feels dangerous to me. But I'm a nervous driver on that highway. I just think in general. I think back to. Sorry, I want to no just, go ahead. Like
1: interject that I think back to that really horrific. I was living in New York at the time when the this pickup truck crashed into the West Side Highway pedestrian walkway, and I mean I think multiple fatalities were reported. So I, I like really think back to how easy it can happen and how dangerous it can be because there's so many bikes and people. Along the highway as well, and so I understand that. Obviously, this was 10 p.m. at night, so not as many people. But um, yeah, that just that just stood out in my mind is that yeah. horrible car crash, or it was it think, on purpose. That, that I man think did that,
0: that was the thing that was hard for people to visualize because, like, a lot of the questions we got asked or that came up is that this type of. Paparazzi behavior doesn't really happen in New Mm -hmm. York City. Mm -hmm. I don't know the situation firsthand Mm -hmm. in in Los Angeles, but it seems like that's more prevalent there. Yeah, I think there were some there were some really great pieces that came out. Well, let me go back to the timeline real quick. Yes, oh yes, yes, Yes. yes. (laughs)
1: no, you're no. So ten forty five, they get to the nineteenth precinct, which is sixty seventh and third Ave. Um, They then decide that it would be best to lose the paparazzi if they switch to a yellow cab. This was a big question mark in my mind because I feel like without tinted windows without the protection of an SUV that kind of was interesting but okay they switch to a cab they drive around the block but unfortunately their path is blocked by a garbage truck which then they have to kind of wait paparazzi swarm them again in the cab the fare they get dropped off back at the precinct the fare is $18 they tip in $50 that was pretty generous and at 11 10 they leave the police precinct they're not followed and they end up at this private residence where they have been able to keep the location secret for all this time Wonderful. All right, so I wanted to play this clip from the cab driver from the night. It's 37 year old Sonny Singh. He's from Queens. He talked to the press a lot. He actually talked to the Washington Post, he talked to the New York Times. This is him in conversation with an anchor from NBC News.
0: Would you describe it as chaotic? Yeah, chaotic. You could say chaotic.
1: Or yeah, with me I don't know what happened previous in the day, right? right? Mm-hmm. With me, it was chaotic, but not crazy, crazy, right? Do you think the paparazzi went too far? Ah, you know, I don't know. When we were there, they kept their distance when they were following us in my
0: cab. Sonny Sonny Singh told us he's the taxi driver who picked up the couple, but he says they drove around for only 10 minutes before the street was blocked by a garbage truck. People just
1: came out of nowhere with cameras and started snapping pictures. Did they seem worried? They seemed worried. They seemed worried and nervous as well. I guess what I take away from that, and Rachel, I want to hear your thoughts too, but like what I take away is that I feel like the statement that the spokesperson for the Sussexes put out was a little dramatic. It was a little bit, and that's not to say that's wrong. We know Harry's lived trauma, that that can, that's totally justifiable from his point of view, but I do feel like near catastrophic is a bit hyperbolic. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think my take is just, like, I totally agree that they had something really traumatic happen, and I don't dismiss those thoughts. I think I'm just still left with more questions than answers. Like, even from with the paparazzi, like, what was the goal of this this pursuit? Why? What picture were they trying to snap? I also am curious, why didn't Harry and Meghan stay at a secure hotel? Because I think they are aware of the hunt, for lack of a better word, of their image. And it does feel like hotels have much more security in place for, like, a private entrance, like, you know, underground, like we know from, like, the Carlisle or the Mark or things like that.
1: But then it's like you think they would camp out in the lobby of the hotel or, like, they would, would, like, send people up for room service. It's all those things where it's like, I just don't know if they're ever – Feeling that safe anymore, which is really sad.
0: Yeah. I think that was what was really illuminating for me about this is just that this is there every day. And we even commented last week ahead of this news breaking that we noticed their rushed entrance to the car. We also learned from the New York Times that they had sort of changed their plan to enter in front of a pool of photographers. There was only one official photographer inside the Women of Vision Awards. And then they shifted Harry and Meghan at the last second and went in through Hertz, which is why we saw all those photos through the glass. I think that there's just a lot of uneasiness for the Sussexes in general.
1: I think that's what I'm grappling with too is like this paradox of publicity with them because I think, you know, they show up to this award ceremony looking so beautiful, so dapper, and then – They really rush in, but if they had played ball with the paparazzi before the event, if they had posed for photographers outside the venue, would this have changed? Would this have not happened? I think that the New York Times wrote a really interesting story about that, and I really suggest everyone read it, about the economics of paparazzi, how they've been kind of squeezed into this. There's so many at the bottom fighting, fighting to get their shot, and they don't get paid that much anymore for these shots. And so they have to get a shot that no one else has, which would be those back of the cab you know, photos, which, of course, we don't need to see. I, th- I think that's the realization the public needs to grapple with, too, is that we don't need to see them in the back of the cab running for their lives or how they feel that they're running for their lives.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the internal conversation we all need to have. It's like, because they don't owe us any of these photos. And so, but then the playing ball doesn't minimize the, attack that they experience and this type of situation from happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought it was also really interesting, this Backgrid comment when, you know, I think it, there were follow-up back and forth statements from the Sussexes, and it said something along the lines of, we demand that this, any images all be handed over. And there was a statement that said, in America, this is from Backgrid, as I'm sure you know, property belongs to the owner of it. Third parties cannot just demand it be given to them as perhaps kings can do. And the statement yeah. goes on. And I, I just, I feel like, Again, I'm so not accustomed to seeing a paparazzi chase in New York, but knowing that this is there every day when they step out likely, not maybe mm-hmm. not to this degree, mm-hmm. it is just quite something to examine. And I and I had process. the pit in my
1: stomach reading the background statement a couple times because the one part where they said also um, it doesn't seem near catastrophic because Megan was smiling in some of those pictures oh, in the back yes. of the cat. And I thought that's ew. when someone sit, like blames a victim for something oh, like sexual assault or like says like, well, she was smiling when we cat called her, so it was fine. Or we wolf whistled. And, you know, like when they, you know, in New York, they like people yell at you to smile sometimes, like women especially. It's like, ugh, like that just made me feel so icky and gross that backyard would even say that to to say, well, she's smiling. She must, she must have loved it. She must have had a great time in the back of that cab.
0: I think that that's the root thing for me here is I do feel like whatever the circumstances, they felt uncomfortable. They felt that their safety was jeopardized. And I think for me, that's where the story begins and ends. Like, it just shouldn't have gotten to that point. I think debating yeah. the minutia, like you said, like she was smiling in the back, like that doesn't matter to me. I just don't like that it happened.
1: Yeah. Even I think the media and and reporters, like I, I – we are part of the media. like I'm not saying it's, reporters are doing their job by investigating this but I did feel like some of the coverage was sort of like trying to poke holes in this story really trying to go after what re- like what really happened and discounting what they said they experienced and I don't think that that's fair and I think their spokesperson put out a later statement more recently the Sussex spokesperson that said anyone who believes that Harry didn't have trauma from this like that's abhorrent like you should not he his mom died like being chased by paparazzi yes the driver was drunk in her car like yes there were other circumstances yes they weren't wearing their seatbelts but I think that to say that someone's fear is not valid is so messed up and so wrong like they can still have fear even if it's a low speed car chase that's what i just i hate that i hated people trying to poke holes in that the coverage was
0: it it kind of tilted toward what they're saying is not true that was just questioning the narrative did you think it was um odd that there was no outreach from the palace i know that was reported by i think omid scoby had a tweet about that
1: I kind of didn't expect it at all, so I kind of I, – I just didn't expect it. Did you?
0: I guess I didn't. I didn't expect a public comment, but I think that there was – he was mentioning that private outreach wasn't made. I think I would just – I don't know that we would know about that. I don't expect to know about it, mm-hmm. I guess, if, if there was any outreach. But you would think that this just is this great um, unifier for the brothers when something like this happens that is yeah. so close to the experience of – what happened with their mom. But yeah. I don't know.
1: You would hate for it to actually, like to have there been actual fatalities or have there been a crash or had there been an accident with a pedestrian that that's the catalyst for them responding. Like you'd hate for it to get worse. Like you almost just wish that someone would speak up now and that this, that, Yeah, how as, far me, does this it feels have to like go? The gulf between them has never been greater and it will never be healed. And I'm, I like feel so depressed about that, but that's how it feels is that this, yeah. they're never coming back.
0: Yeah. But what a, what a Ugh. wild uh, thing to have happen.
1: I know. All right. Before we adjourn the Royal pod, let's go to our highs and
0: lows. It's time for the Royal highs and lows.
1: We'll end on a high note, but first start with some more lows. Um, I just saw this, that a woman, the woman that was hit by Sophie, Duchess of Edinburgh's motorcade, actually died. She was in critical care for two weeks. This happened in the beginning of May. Helen Holland was 81, and a cop on a motorcycle that was with um, Sophie's motorcade struck her, and she passed away. So devastating. I know Sophie sent a statement of condolence and sympathy, but... I think there's an investigation ongoing with the cops and it was obviously
0: not Sophie's fault, but it's just, it's so, so sad. Yeah. Very, very sad. Milo is a total pivot. Party pieces. RIP. It is officially sold. We were kind of tracking this a little bit, but it was sold to an entrepreneur named James Sinclair. I just feel like it's the end of an era. Like We know that Kate and Pippa and James were all really involved as children in sort of this... You know, literal launch at the kitchen table by Carol and Michael. Uh, I also was just kind of wondering now, how will we get Carol Middleton tidbits? Like, she kind of would scoop, you know, release them through the Party Pieces account, but now she's not tied to it. So, womp womp. Maybe she's taking over Pippa's versioning online store. Who knows? Ooh, maybe she'll <laughs> launch her own Instagram account. That would be exciting. That would be exciting.
1: Um, my high is this story that I. I feel like it has been confirmed by multiple outlets that Charles is going to be staying in Transylvania in the beginning of June. He actually bought a property there, and it's a private property. It's very bare bones. I just love this for him. It feels like he's, like, logging off before summer really picks up. And, like, we have Royal Ascot. We have Trooping the Color. We have, I think there's going to be Eugenie's baby being born. You know, there's a lot of things going yeah, on in Fergie's the world. Yeah, Fergie's
0: spilling that, yeah. right? End of and May, like, she said.
1: I feel like Transylvania. He actually is able to really lock off. Like he doesn't take any staff. He, I think he has like local chefs come in and just cook <laughs> no staff, if, just but, local chefs, just local, sh- <laughs> just local chefs that come in and make his
0: all his meals. No,
1: it sounds it sounds really nice actually.
0: So, <sighs> what Happy a fun. life! What a life! My high is stateside base, Julia Louis-Dreyfus went on live with Kelly and Mark to talk about her wedding dress. Well, she was talking about her movie, actually. But she mentioned that her wedding dress was inspired by Princess Diana way back in 1987 when she married her husband, Brad Hall. And I looked at the pictures, Roberta, if you click that link, everyone should oh, look let me this look. up. But it's so poofy. It has, like, that over-the-top frills that Diana had. She has a really long bouquet, very similar to Diana. Oh, a little God. flower crown. Amazing. They've been happily married for so many decades. But I just kind of was excited to see that homage. I love JLD
1: so, so much.
0: And now Me I'm going to go
1: rewatch all of Veep
0: because that's one of my favorites. Yeah, jokes. her movie, You Hurt My Feelings, is on my list. I actually had it as a calendar reminder in my <laughs> Google Cal to watch it. Is it to supposed to be it? good? Did it cr- it's supposed did the to be good. like it? I didn't check. I just love those types of movies and I love her, but it made me laugh because last night I was like, you hurt my feelings. That's all I wrote. And I was trying and to were like what oh, is this, calendar, what reminder this calendar reminder and I was like, oh, it's her movie. But anyways, yeah, I want to know, do any, have any listeners, did any listeners model their wedding dresses after Diana? I was just so curious. This, anyways, this looks like an a- very accurate, re- like
1: replica of yes. Diana's. It's really funny that she had. I would think it was bridal inspo in the eighties. All right. Well, just a reminder before we close, please leave us a royal review. We love reading those on the air. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. What are your thoughts on the Sussexes car chase? Um, what did we miss? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? We want to know. So let us know. Email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. All right, so till the week after next, because PSA, we are off for Memorial Day week, an extended long vacation for us. So we're off next week, no no new episode. We're gonna suggest some episodes though to go and re-listen to in case you're feeling like you need that royal hit of your week. Yeah,
0: check it out on Instagram is where we'll post it. Yeah, all right. Till the week after next. Till the week after next.
1: (laughs) God God save save the the pod.
0: pod